Chapter Nine of Alice Dugdale by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anthony Ogus. Lady Deepbell. Then, by degrees, it began to be rumoured about the country, and at last through the lanes of Beetham itself, that the alliance between Major Rossiter and Miss Georgiana Wanless was not quite a settled thing. Mr. Burmeston had whispered in Slowbridge that there was a screw loose, perhaps thinking that if another could escape, why not he also? Cobble, who had no idea of escaping, declared his conviction that Major Rossiter ought to be horsewhipped. But Lady Deepbell was the real town crier who carried the news far and wide. But all of them heard it before Alice and when others believed it, Alice did not believe it, or indeed care to believe or not to believe. Lady Deepbell filled a middle situation, halfway between the established superiority of Brook Park and the recognised humility of Beetham. Her title went for something, but her husband had been only a civil service knight who had deserved well of his country by a meritorious longevity. She lived in a pretty little cottage, halfway between Brook Park and Beetham, which was just large enough to enable her to talk of her grounds. She loved Brook Park dearly, and all the county people, but in her love for social intercourse generally, she was unable to eschew the more frequent gatherings of the village. She was intimate not only with Mrs Rossiter, but with the Tweeds and Dugdales and Simkinses, and while she could enjoy greatly the grandeur of the wanlist aristocracy, so could she accommodate herself comfortably to the cosy gossip of the Bethamites. It was she who first spread the report in Beetham that Major Roster was, as she called it, off. She first mentioned the matter to Mrs Rossiter herself, but this she did in a manner more subdued than usual. The alliance had been high, and she was inclined to think that Mrs Rossiter would be disappointed. We did think, Mrs Rossiter, that these young people at Brook Park had meant something the other day. Mrs Rossiter did not stand in awe of Lady Deepbell, and was not pleased at the illusion. It would be much better if young people could be allowed to arrange their own affairs without so much tattling about it, she said angrily. That's all very well, but tongues will talk, you know, Mrs Rossiter. I'm sorry for both their sakes, because I thought that it would do very well. Very well indeed, if the young people, as you call them, liked each other. But I suppose it's over now, Mrs Rossiter? I really know nothing about it, Lady Deepbell. Then the old woman, quite satisfied after this that the alliance had fallen to the ground, went on to the tweeds. I never thought it would come to much, said Mrs Tweed. I don't see why it shouldn't, said Matilda Tweed. Georgiana Wanless is good-looking in a certain way, but they none of them have a penny, and Major Rossiter is quite a fashionable man. The Tweeds were quite outside the Wanless pale, and it was the feeling of this that made Matilda love to talk about the second Miss Wanless by her Christian name. "'I suppose he'll go back to Alice now,' 
said Clara, the younger Tweed girl. I don't see that at all, said Mrs. Tweed. I never believed much in that story, said Lady Deepbell. Nor I either, said Matilda. He used to walk about with her, but what does that come to? The children were always with them. I never would believe that he was going to make so little of himself. But is it quite sure that all the affair at Brook Park will come to nothing after the party and everything? asked Mrs. Tweed. Quite positive, said Lady Deepbell authoritatively. I am able to say certainly that that is all over. Then she toddled off and went to the Simkinses. The rumour did not reach the doctor's house on that day. The conviction that Major Roster had behaved badly to Alice, that Alice had been utterly thrown over by the Wanless alliance, had been so strong that even Lady Deepbell had not dared to go and probe wilfully that wound. The feeling in this respect had been so general that no one in Beetham had been hard-hearted enough to speak to Alice either of the triumph of Miss Wanless or of the misconduct of the Major, and now Lady Deepbell was afraid to carry her story thither. It was the doctor himself who first brought the tidings to the house, and did not do this till some days after Lady Deepbell had been in the village. "'You had better not say anything to Alice about it.' Such at first had been the doctor's injunction to his wife. One way or the other, it would only be a trouble to her. Mrs. Dugdale, full of her secret, anxious to be obedient, thinking that the gentleman relieved from his second love would be ready at once to be on again with his first, was so fluttered and fussy that Alice knew that there was something to be told. "'You have got some great secret, mamma," she said. "'What secret, Alice?' "'I know you have.' Don't wait for me to ask you to tell it. If it is to come, let it come. I'm not going to say anything. Very well, Mamma. Then nothing shall be said. Alice, you're the most provoking young woman I ever had to deal with in my life. If I had twenty secrets, I would not tell you one of them. On the next morning, Alice heard it all from her father. I knew there was something by Mamma's manner, she said. I told her not to say anything. So I suppose. But what does it matter to me, papa, whether Major Roster does or does not marry Miss Wanless? If he has given her his word, I am sure I hope that he will keep it. I don't suppose he ever did. Even then it doesn't matter. Papa, do not trouble yourself about him. But you? I have gone through the fire and have come out without being much scorched. Dear Papa, I do so wish that you should understand it all. It is so nice to have someone to whom everything can be told. I did like him. And he? I have nothing to say about that, not a word. Girls, I suppose, are often foolish and take things for more than they are intended to mean. I have no accusation to make against him. But I did, I did allow myself to be weak. Then came this about Miss Wanless, and I was unhappy. I woke from a dream, and the waking was painful. But I have got over it. I do not think that you will ever know from your girl's manner that anything has been the matter with her. My brave girl. 
but don't let mamma talk to me as though he could come back because the other girl has not suited him he is welcome to the other girl welcome to do without her welcome to do with himself as it may best please him but he shall not trouble me again there was a stern strength in her voice as she said this which forced her father to look at her almost with amazement do not think that i am fierce papa fierce my darling but that i am in earnest of course if he comes to beetham we shall see him but let him be like anybody else don't let it be supposed that because he flitted here once and was made welcome like a bird that comes in at the window and then flitted away again that he can be received in at the window just as before should he fly this way any more that's all papa then as before she went off by herself to give herself renewed strength by her solitary thinkings she had so healed the flesh round that wound that there was no longer danger of mortification she must now take care that there should be no further wound the people around her would be sure to tell her of this breach between her late lover and the wanless young lady the tweeds and the simkinses and old lady deepbell would be full of it she must take care so to answer them at the first word that they should not dare to talk to her of major rossiter she had cured herself so that she no longer staggered under the effects of the blow having done that she would not allow herself to be subject to the little stings of the little creatures around her she had had enough of love of a man's love and would make herself happy now with bobby and the other bairns he'll be sure to come back said mrs dugdale to her husband we shall do no good by talking about it said the doctor if you will take my advice you will not mention his name to her i fear that he is worthless and unworthy of mention that might be very well thought mrs dugdale but no one in the village doubted that he had at the very least fifteen hundred pounds a year and that he was a handsome man and such a one as is not to be picked up under every hedge the very men who go about the world most like butterflies before marriage steady down the best afterwards these were her words as she discussed the matter with mrs tweed and they both agreed that if the hero showed himself again at the doctor's house bygones ought to be bygones lady wanless even after her husband's return from london declared to herself that even yet the game had not been altogether played out sir walter who had been her only possible direct messenger to the man himself had been she was aware as bad a messenger as could have been selected he could be neither authoritative nor persuasive therefore when he told her on coming home that it was easy to perceive that major roster's father could not have been educated at christchurch she did not feel very much disappointed as her next step she determined to call on mrs rossiter if that should fail she must beard the lion in his den and go herself to major rossiter at the horse guards she did not doubt but that she would at least be able to say more than sir walter mrs rossiter she was aware was herself favourable to the match my dear mrs rossiter 
she said in her most confidential manner there is little something wrong among these young people which i think you and i can put right if we put our heads together if i know one of the young people said mrs rossiter it will be very hard to make him change his mind he has been very attentive to the young lady of course i know nothing about it lady wanless i never saw them together dear georgiana is so very quiet that she said nothing even to me but i really thought that he had proposed to her she won't say a word against him but i believe he did now mrs rossiter what has been the meaning of it how is a mother to answer for her son lady wanless no of course not i know that girls of course are different but i thought that perhaps you might know something about it for i did imagine you would like the connection so i should why not nobody thinks more of birth than i do and nothing in my opinion could have been nicer for john but he does not see with my eyes if i were to talk to him for a week it would have no effect is it that girl of the doctor's mrs rossiter i think not my idea is that when he has turned it all over in his mind he has come to the conclusion that he will be better without a wife than with one we might cure him of that mrs rossiter if i could only have him down there at brook park for another week i am sure he would come too mrs rossiter however could not say that she thought it probable that her son would be induced soon to pay another visit to brook park a week after this lady wanless absolutely did find her way into the major's presence at the horse guards but without much success the last words of that interview only should be given to the reader the last words they were spoken both by the lady and by the gentleman and i am to see my girl die of a broken heart said lady wanless with her handkerchief up to her eyes i hope not lady wanless but in whatever way she might die the fault would not be mine there was a frown on the gentleman's brow as he said this which cowed even the lady as she went back to slowbridge that afternoon and then home to brook park she determined at last that the game must be looked upon as played out there was no longer any ground on which to stand and fight before she went to bed that night she sent for georgiana my darling child she said that man is unworthy of you i always thought he was said georgiana and so there was an end to that little episode in the family of the wanlesses end of chapter nine